Let's just bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person that's here this afternoon, hungry for the things of God, desiring to know your plan for their life and aligning themselves to it. I just pray today, Heavenly Father, that you'll minister to us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we will come in line with your great master plan and we'll learn some great kingdom principles to keep us on track so we can run wholeheartedly into the things of you, your very great and precious promises. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory here today. May your name be exalted above every name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Luke 1, 26 through to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this be? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. God has a game plan for each and every one of our lives, with no exception. He has paved the way for that plan to come to pass through the person of Jesus Christ. We, our responsibility is to merely align ourselves to it. This afternoon, I just want to briefly remind and encourage you today of this great simple truth. Simple, but I hope profound when we really meditate on it. God has a plan. Yes, the sovereign living God, the creator of the heavens and earth, has a unique plan for you. Your life is a part of the story of the great story of the kingdom of the living God. And I want to share with you for an acronym today or a mnemonic, the 101 principles, the basic fundamental 101 principles of our journeys and our lives for God's game plan for our life. And I want to do that through an acronym called POXY, an acronym called POXY, that's P. O-C-I-S-I-E, and we'll see it on the back screen right now. POXY stands for planning, O for orders, C for control, S for supportive, 
I for informative and E for evaluating. Number one, the P of Ploxy says that God has a plan. God has a plan for your life. Now picture the scene. Here's Mary, as we just read in the course scripture there, and she is going about her life. She's going about her game plan for her life. She's due to be married to Joseph, her sweet dream of a marriage. Maybe they met at high school together, or maybe over Facebook or introduced by a friend on a secret date. We don't know, but we know that Joseph is her sweet love and they're about to be married together. She's visualizing the wedding day. She's visualizing her future with her young children in the community of that time. Joseph was a good man, we read, and clearly Mary, a lovely woman. They would have been a reputable, hospitable family and group in a lovely community in a tiny little place and town in Israel. It's a lovely story, but it's not God's story. And Mary was about to say the most powerful words you and I can ever, ever say. When this angel, when God intervened into her life physically and said, Mary, I've got a plan for your life. You have found favor in the sight of God. He's always present. He's always watching. Nothing takes him by surprise. He plans all things according to his great promises, foreordained before the foundations of the earth. And he says, I've got a plan. You will become pregnant. You will have a child by the Holy Spirit because you've found favor in the sight of God. And she says the most powerfulest words we can ever recite. According to your will, be it done unto me. Simple words, but words that will transform our lives into the greatest story ever told. According to your word, Lord, be it done unto me. You see, in 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, the Apostle Paul is speaking to Timothy, his young apprentice. And he warns him about various mindsets and trends of the day. And he says these words, contentment with godliness is great gain. You see, contentment here really means dependency on the all-sufficiency of God. You see, when we're all-sufficient on God's great master plan, then his great gain can be imputed to us, imparted into us, and paved out before us. You see, a group of people were going about their own game plan for their own life. And Paul was warning Timothy about this and training him to minister into this situation because people were putting personal wealth above the great riches of God's glory. They were putting promotion and their own position above the prize of heaven. They were looking to the temporal pressures opposed to the perseverance towards God's promises. See, God has a plan. And the most powerful thing we can do is surrender to it. According to your will, be it done unto me. Because this is my second point on the O of poxy. Because God has got orders. 
He has got the great plan for his life and he wants to unveil it to us. How, when, in what measure, that's his decision, but he knows when the very best time for that is. All we need to do is be attentive to it, lift up our spiritual raiders to, to him and be led by him. You see here, Matthew, in the book of Matthew, he picks up the story after Jesus' birth. After Mary surrendered Matthew in Luke, Matthew picks it up and he continues the narration of the rest of this great story of Mary and Joseph. We're going to follow right now and pick out some core elements that align to this acronym that we've got today. Matthew 2, 13. There's Joseph going about his business with his wife now, understanding there's something different going on. But the angel says to him, after the wise men uh, had, had departed and bought their gifts to Mary and Joseph, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And he said, get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child and to kill him. That night, Joseph got up and left Egypt with the child and Mary. You see, Herod here had heard about this great king that was being born. It was written in the stars. It was fulfilled and spoken of in previous prophecies. And Herod, an ungodly man, was fearful of his earthly throne. And here, he petitioned that every male son under the age of two in the whole region would be killed. But you see, God is always one step ahead. When we're attuned to him, nothing takes him by surprise. And he speaks supernaturally into the life of Joseph and says, Joseph, my boy, you're in a bit of danger. You're in a bit of trouble, but don't worry. Go get Mary. Go get your son and follow me and trust me because I will steer you away from the danger. Just trust me. I've got everything under control. And away they go. They avert the danger. God's great master plan is playing itself out into a couple that is completely surrendered to the game plan of heaven. And then we pick it back up again in Matthew 2.19. And God speaks to Joseph again some time later. When Herod had died, the trouble and danger had averted, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream again in Egypt and says, get up, take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are now all dead. So Joseph got up and he returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. You see, to align ourselves to God's great master plan, there's one thing we've got to do that the angel stated twice here into the life of Joseph, the head of the family. Get up. Get up. Action needs faith. Faith needs feet to step out into it. They were people of action. Faith requires us to get up. To align ourselves to God's game plan, we need to get up. God cannot steer a stationary car. God can't steer something that's stationary. 
He wants some mobility to be able to then orchestrate it and steer it into his great master plan. He's got a plan and he's got orders every step of the way for us. Why? Well, that leads us to our third letter of our acronym, control. You see, God is fully in control. You can put all of your trust in him because he is the sovereign God. You see, all of these great things that are taking place in the life of Joseph and Mary were already foretold hundreds of years previously. They are just now coming to fruition. But God had ordained it and God had spoken it already. His great master plan now was just having legs on it and was being evident for all to see it as it was unveiled. You see, Isaiah 7.14 is a fulfilment of God's plan with the virgin birth. 700 years ago was it foretold by Isaiah. You see, 600 years prior, the death and Herod's, Herod's plan for all those young children under the age of two to be killed was already foretold through Jeremiah the prophet 600 years before in Jeremiah 3.15. You see, Jesus' return back out of Egypt to Israel once Herod had died and the threat was gone against them again was a fulfilment of Hosea 700 years prior again. All these plans were already foreordained. God had seen it all and put a plan in place. All they needed to do is put their trust in it. Let me ask you, where are you putting your trust today? Because let me tell you, there's one thing that's unshakable and that's God. He is fully in control and nothing takes him by surprise. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, we know it well. But it says, trust in the Lord and his promises and he shall make your path straight. I love the Isaiah 46, 10, who says, for I alone am God. I am God and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it ever happens. Everything I plan, it will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. You see, this faith requires us to put our trust in something that is immovable, that ultimately is good and ultimately is faithful. And sometimes I note and I see, and I've struggled this in my own life and still do in many areas, but one of the great hindrances for us to step into God's game plan for our life is a lack of trust in whom we're putting our trust into. But you see, one of the most powerfulest things that we can ever do is wrestle with the scriptures and just let them wash over us Read the Bible in large, large chunks, I heard Michael Eaton once say, because then you get the full, broad context of God and what he's doing and speaking through his word, which is our ultimate game plan for our lives. And through it, we, be we begin to see the attributes 
and the character of God. Do you know there's over 300 attributes of God written through the Bible. They are so much become a part of his attributes. They so much become a part of his character. You could say that they are his name. Over 300 names describe the magnificent, all-living, all-knowing, all-powerful, living God. Some of which in the Hebrew is Elohim. He is your creator. Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord, your provider. Jehovah is the Lord, your God. Makadesh, Jehovah Makadesh is, he's your sanctifier. Jehovah Rapha is, he's the Lord, your healer. Jehovah Shammai is the Lord, your presence, ever present in the time of need. He's El Shaddai. He's God Almighty. He's God all sufficient. He's El Roi, the God who sees. You see, this is a God, El-Rohi, who sees all things. All these attributes of the divine God are confidence that fully persuade us that I'm putting my faith in the God who is fully in control. The most powerful thing, one of the most powerful things we can do is just to fully grasp all of these names and all of these attributes of God. Because when we do, and we fully believe it, and we're fully persuaded by it, it is effortless to say, Lord, according to your word, be it done unto me. Because you are good, you are faithful, you are just, you are my peace, you are my righteousness, you are my sanctifier, you are my power, you are my might, you are the creator of the heavens and earth, you're the one who leads me in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Lord, I put all of my trust in you. You see, God is always one step ahead. He is good and he is faithful. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of good and not of harm. To give you a future. His game plan leads you into the greatest plan ever. The rewards of heaven are rich. And he's just and faithful to bring about his promises for your life. God is always one step ahead. Do you know what? When you fully surrender to him, it is impossible. And I don't use my words lightly. It is impossible for you to fail. Why? Because God never fails. You put your full trust in him. You put all of your eggs in one basket and you're fully assured that he is good, that he is faithful. He does have a plan for my life. He's going to give the orders to me. He's fully in control. And that brings us to our fourth point, the S, and he's supportive in it. He supports you every step of the way. You see, he's not a God who has just created the heavens and earth who is now distant with his game plan. He's not a leader who just delegates and disappears. He's not a leader who comes so close and just overrides your will. No, he's a God who's supportive, who works with you, that stokes your heart and your will and aligns it to his great will. You see, 
There's two pitfalls of leadership, isn't there? There's the leader who completely delegates and decentralizes and just lets people crack on and run it and he abandons basically his responsibility. There's another type of leader who is so involved he micromanages. Let me tell you, you want God to micromanage every part of your life. That is a good thing. And when we attune to him, we allow him to say, God, have your way. Micromanage my every step. Micromanage my every word. Micromanage every situation because I know you're good. I know you're just. And my life is aligning to you who is good and who is faithful, who will bring me always to the green pastures and by the still waters eventually. He's a good God. He is fully supportive. You see, Psalm 23 says, Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We anoint, you anoint my head with oil. We know the scripture well, don't we? But visualize this. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, sometimes we feel like the valley walls are high to our sides. It's dark in that valley at times. And we struggle to see what God's great master plan is going on. We struggle to wrestle with some bad things happening in our life that don't look good. And you've been faithful. But God says, just wait. He's right by your side, you see. My rod and my staff, they will comfort you. This isn't a picture, you see, in this scripture of God waiting at the end of the valley for you. Just beckoning you forward. Come on through, my son. Come on through, my daughter. I'll wait for you through your trials and your, through your struggles. No, no, no. He's a God who is right there in the midst of your situation, in the darkness, in the confusion, in the hurt. He's a God who rolls up his sleeve just like he did with the Lord Jesus Christ and got involved in our lives to the minutest detail. You see, then even when Jesus ascended to heaven, he still did not leave us, as was some of the disciples' fear, because he said, wait, I am sending to you the Holy Spirit, your helper, your comforter, your parakletos, the one who comes alongside. God is walking through us, right there with us, through the valley of the shadow of death. His rod and his staff, his Holy Spirit, and the witness of it through the word is with us every step of the way. He's fully in control and he is fully supportive. What does this bring? Well, this brings us to a place of peace. It brings us to a place of just knowing that regardless of what I'm going through and what I see and what I feel, God is with me. It breeds strength. It brings hope. It brings joy right in the midst of an array of situations of what life can throw at us, the good and the bad. He is with us. And that leads me to the I, informative. You see, God is informative. 
He's going to keep you updated. He doesn't treat you like mushrooms, left in the dark and fed on rubbish. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God who gives you all the, the information you need. He is informative. Now imagine this valley that Joseph was going through. And we cast our minds back to Mary and Joseph's early beginnings of their life. You see, Joseph is all ready to marry his high school sweetheart, Mary. But he's just realised and found out that she's just gone and got pregnant. Visualise the scene. Can you imagine? Back in those days, that was not a good thing. It's not a good thing these days. But back then, the consequence was so much worse. That was punishment by death. Mary could be stoned to death. She was found pregnant outside of wedlock. Joseph was a good man. And regardless of what she had done to him or what he perceived had been done to him, you can see the heart of a man here who can be used by God. He didn't do things according to what was legally right. He did things to what was morally right before God. And he wrestled and he wrestled and he decided and was fully persuaded in his heart that, do you know what? I'm going to keep this quiet and I'm not going to allow Mary to go through that punishment. But in the midst of that turmoil, God is informative. In the right moment, in the right time, God invaded his life again and said to him, through an angel, by a dream, once more, in Matthew 1.20, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. You see, he informs you of every detail. He wants to inform you of all that's taking place and wants you to join in with the Godhead of all of the plans and all that's taking place. Regardless of how it may seem in the moment, imagine how it would have seemed for Joseph in that situation. Imagine Mary, who had done nothing wrong, how she would have felt. We feel very similar in parts of our lives. But God says, just hold on. Don't take things into your own hands. Do the most powerful thing you can do and commit yourself to me. Be faithful to me. Trust in my goodness because I work everything together for good. I am fully in control and I will inform you of the way that you should go. How is he going to inform you in your life? Primarily through his word. He informs you through your spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Do you know what in the powerful ways that he does? He informs you through one another. He loves to use his body. He will communicate to you. Do you know Matthew 18, 19 says, I truly tell you, if two of you on earth agree touching anything that you ask, it will be done by them my Father in heaven. You see, this isn't a picture of a few people joining together and say, hey, will you agree with me for that beautiful Ferrari F40 that I've always dreamt of having? I really believe it's God's will for my life. That beautiful mansion down in Kensington, come and join with me in prayer and agreement that I could have that house tomorrow. 
I haven't got a job at the moment, but hey, God is the God of the impossible, and I'm fully persuaded that he wants me to live in this beautiful house. After all, he's a lovely God. He's a good God, isn't he? Come and join me in agreement with that today. No, that's not what he's saying. This is saying that there's been a conviction already of the Spirit in someone's life. You feel it inside you, but you want to confirm it amongst your brothers and your sisters. You go to mature people in the faith, and I use that word, mature, because sometimes, you know, it takes maturity to speak the truth to somebody, because there's lots of people out there, sincere, but sometimes sincerely wrong, whereby they just want to appease you. They just want to agree with you. But I tell you, the better the wounds of a friend than the kisses of an enemy someone who's mature, who ultimately cares for your very best long term, will sometimes tell you things that you don't want to hear. But they have your ultimate best interest at heart long term. We go to someone mature and we share what's on our heart. You believe what God is saying, but you cannot be always wholly right. You want confirmation by the Spirit. You want two or three, to come in agreement. And God will supernaturally begin to reveal to you and confirm to you through his word, through the spirit, through circumstances, through one another, through prophecy, through a word of knowledge. But God will begin to bring the confirmation in your life as he informs you of the great master plan and keeps you aligned to it. Surround yourself by good, mature, godly men and women. That's the great power here of the cell groups. That's why we have them. We're a large church. There's only five, six ministers here. We can't possibly manage everybody. But through the cell groups and trained leaders, there's small groups where you always have someone to have accountability and support with. But one of the worst things that we can do is be an island left on our own because the enemy loves nothing more than to segregate you, conquer and divide. But he brings us into unity and into community. These are one of the great values of the New Hub Cafe that we've got downstairs. It's a place where we hope that we can gather together, that we can talk, that we can build friendships with, good, godly, wholesome friendships, where there's accountability, where there's support in prayer. We want to build a community where we're together and unified to God's ultimate game plan. Because yes, he's got a game plan for each and every one of our unique lives, but that unites together for God's ultimate game plan for his church that Christ is returning for, the game plan that is written in the heavens before earth was even created. We are all aligning to that truth. And we say, Lord, according to your will, be it done unto me. The way up in the kingdom is the way down in surrender to the goodness and faithfulness of the living God. And that brings us to our one final point, the E, and that's evaluate. Our responsibility now is to evaluate our lives, is to look introspectively, is to look outwardly and look around us, look through the word and evaluate where am I? Where am I going? Am I on the rails of God's plan for my life? If there's any areas of my life where I'm drifting 
or maybe I'm compromising. Just like Paul spoke to Timothy about a people building their own game plan. Am I united to the church and to good godly people with that support? Sometimes I hear the things I don't want to hear, but I don't get offended because I know there are people who care for me and love me and want the best for me. We're aligning ourselves. Where do you need informing in your life? Do you feel like you're going through that valley? You know that Jesus is right by your side by the power of the Holy Spirit. But is there divine revelation you need in a situation? Earnestly seek him. Earnestly pray. Because I tell you, one way or another, he will come through with the answer at the perfect right time. Not always the time we think, but what he knows he will bring it to pass because from the place of promise to the place of power of provision God sometimes goes through process in maturing us shaping us allowing us to dig deeper into him and revealing areas of our life that maybe we need to refine and shape ultimately trust in him surrender to him and be led by him ask yourself those questions Trust in the Lord and his promises because he shall make your path straight. Poxy, God has a plan for your life. He will give you the orders and the orientation to that. Be fully persuaded and know he is fully in control. He will support you every step of the way. He will be a blanket of comfort and help to you. He is a lamp unto your feet. He's a light unto your path. And sometimes we just need to lift up the lantern of the light of his word to shine the way before us. You see, he's not a beaming light that beams the whole path and trajectory of the journey ahead of you. You see, he's just a lantern unto your feet. He'll give you just enough light to what take one step at a time as he begins to lead you and builds trust in you to ultimately trust him. He's in control. He is supportive. He'll bring you all the information you need at perfectly the right time. Trust him in doing that. Position yourself in spaces to make life easy for him to do that. Meditate on the word day and night so you'll be that tree planted by the rivers of living water. Surround yourself in good, mature, goodly people because allow him to speak to his body. Allow your spirit to be pure and soft and open and humble to the leading of the spirit and say, according to your word, be it done unto me. Evaluate your life and make sure you're in tune with him so he can best steer you and direct you to the great game plan that he does have for your life. Let's stand to our feet here this afternoon, Kensington Temple. And let's just bow our heads for a moment as we pray. Some of you think, do you know what? God has given up on me. I know you say that God has a great plan for your life, but do you know what? You've not seen my life. You've not seen the things I've done, heard the things I've said, or seen where I've put my feet. 
I want to tell you the power of the blood of Jesus is more powerful than any power on earth or in heaven. He is in full control. And when we surrender our hearts and we're repentant towards him, he brings us back into line. For his son made that possible 2,000 years ago on that cross. That is a lie of the enemy. He has a plan for your life. And he will move the stars for you and bring everything into line for that to happen. He's fully in control. Just like he did with the wise men leading them to Jesus, he will orchestrate and align everything to bring you back to Christ and at the foot of the cross. Some of you think that God's not interested in your life. I've blown my plans with him. I've gone off track far too many times now that I can count. I want to tell you, his grace is sufficient. He will work everything together for good. It's never too late. But he does say, bow your knee. And the most powerful words that you can use in your life and fully mean it and fully carry it out is, Lord, according to your will, according to your great game plan, be it done unto me. And he will direct your paths and lead you to the sacred mountain. I want to encourage you today, earnestly hunger and desire for God's game plan for your life and align yourselves to it. Father, I thank you for each and every soul here today and the game plan you have for them. I pray that we will be a people humble and surrender to you who will also say those most powerful words according to your word, be it done unto me. Father, we want to be a people who align to your game plan for your life, for our lives, because we know that you're good and you're faithful and your game plan far exceeds any plan, any dream, any endeavour of man. Lord, we thank you for all you are and by the power of your Holy Spirit lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Let's give Jesus some praise here today.